The Bible says in the end times, we're going to be experiencing things like this. I believe with all my heart, we are getting close to the end of, uh, of God's timetable. So many things are happening. So many things are happening. The Bible doesn't say when you see all these things happen, when you see these signs, become terrified and, and give up. The Bible says when you see all these things happen, look up because your redemption draws close. Look up because your redemption draws close. I am not saying that you should not take precautions. I'm not saying that if you have a compromise. Listen, people, people said to me, um, uh, well, if you keep your church open, because I took a lot of heat for staying open today. I couldn't believe it. I had people say, well, uh, and more than one, a lot of people, well, if, if some, an, an older person comes in and gets sick, you're going to feel terrible. And, oh, okay, you can tell me how I'm supposed to feel or not, but I kind of feel that God's got a plan for everybody's life. And if that happens, uh, I, back in the back row, you can see my two parents are here. Uh, they both just spent, they, they were on, they both took separate vacations, okay, at, at the Bay State, uh, the Bay State Health Club, okay, they, uh, they, and my parents are, are in that ask at risk group, well, they're here, you know why, my wife is here too, she's, and she's a little, she's, thank you, but, but my parents, my parents are, are in the at risk group, and they're here today, because that's what God tells them to do, is be in church. It's not that they're not wise, it's that they trust God. And that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying don't take precautions at this time. I'm not saying don't use common sense. But I'm saying don't excuse, don't, don't substitute common sense for faith in God. And that's important. God is still God. So this morning, in light of these, in light of what's going on, Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 tells us to be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified or afraid of them, for the Lord your God is the one who will go with you. He will not leave you or abandon you. It's the Lord your God. He will not leave you or abandon you. Many believers this week have acted like God has abandoned this world. And he hasn't. He, and he hasn't. Don't substitute fear for faith. Don't, ex don't, don't buy, into, buy into panic and allow fear to grip you and completely ignore the fact that God is still God. This morning, what I want to speak to you about is this. I want to give you 10 reasons why choosing hope in Jesus is better than fearing COVID-19 or the coronavirus, whatever you want to call it. 10 reasons why choosing hope in Jesus is better than fearing COVID-19. There's so much division over the crisis in our world today. So many people are on several different sides of the issue. Violence has already broken out. Aaron had to go. We have a, we have a dragon, okay? We, we have a zoo in our house, quite honestly, but we have a dragon. And dragon, it's a, what, what kind of dragon is it? A bearded dragon. A bearded dragon. His name, her name is Kenta Maeda. Okay, because all of the animals, we make sure that when we buy an animal, before we buy that animal, we make sure that they're a Dodger fan. And because, because that's important in our house. Um, and his name, her name is Kenta Maeda. Kenta for short. And Kenta, right now, because she's growing, eats crickets. 
And Aaron went over to one of the local pet stores to buy crickets. I know it's kind of savage to watch it eat because you put the crickets in a boom, 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 they're gone. But <laughs> anyway, uh, but while she was coming out, she called me, she said, John, there's a fight breaking out in the parking lot over toilet paper. Like, wow, violence is breaking out over this. Irrational acts. It's amazing. Tempers are short. Panic is rampant. Irrational actions and decisions because of fear have caused even more problems. I'm, I'm seeing people on social media be mocked for going out in public. Like, wow, this is, this is how we're responding to this. On top of it all, the church is divided over our response. Do we allow ourselves to be dictated to or do we, while exercising common sense, follow the teaching of our Savior? I'm not here to criticize anyone, as I said. I'm not here to judge anybody else's decisions. As the pastor of New Life, I only answer for New Life. But I believe that this is a time, more so than any other time in my lifetime, that Christians must exercise faith and not give in to fear. We must exercise faith and not give in to fear. Either God is God and he's in control or he's not. No virus, no government leader, no societal pressure can change that. I'll not judge or look down on anyone's faith decisions on this matter, but as for me, I'm going to trust God in the fire and out of the fire. I'm gonna cr trust God in the good times and in the bad. I do know this, God is not the creator of confusion. God does not desire for us to live in deep anxiety over life's difficulties, and God does not want his church to be divided over this. He just doesn't. What he does want is for us to understand that fear is a liar, and it causes us to think and act irrationally. So what I wanna do this morning, as I said, is look at 10 general statements about this virus and the corresponding action that our faith in Jesus offers to bring peace, confidence, joy, and understanding in several verses that will teach us these truths. I, I would just ask this question, and it's, it's, it's a question to answer for yourself, for those watching here uh, on, on Facebook Live, for those who will watch this throughout the week, for those who are here. When you have felt fear starting to grip you, if this week you have started fear starting to grip you, how many times have you turned to the Bible for answers and for hope? Because that's where we as believers are supposed to turn. Like I said, I'm not talking about not exercising common sense, but I'm talking about putting your faith in Jesus and allowing him to give you wisdom and understanding. This message isn't gonna make the virus go away. Going to church isn't gonna make the virus go away. In fact, it may not go away for a while. You listen to some, they say one thing, you listen to others as they say another. But panicking and acting irrational is not the way that a follower of Jesus should respond, quite the opposite. Jesus wants, to be, wants you to be at peace and trust him that he has a plan and that he has your best interest at heart. You just have to be willing to trust him. Our faith, believers, our faith is made for moments like this. 
Our faith in believers is made for moments like this. If the world sees us panicking and abandoning our faith, then why would they want something that we say is so important to us when in times of crisis we don't trust it ourselves? So let's look at some of these uh, reasons that I have uh, put down. And as I was talking to Aaron about this, I said, it's not so much my words that are going to be important this morning. It's the verses that are going to be on the screen, the verses that you're going to be able to look up. That's what, that's, that's what we need to see today. We need to see that God is still God and still in control. Number 10 is this. And this was a, this was, I've done these messages before, top 10 reasons why. It's like, it's like the old David Letterman stuff, but I didn't think it was wise to call, call it that today. Uh, but number, the, the number 10 reason this, while COVID-19 brings sickness, Jesus promises healing. While COVID-19 brings sickness, Jesus promises healing. Deuteronomy 33 verse 27 says, the eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. The eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. Do you know what the word refuge means there? The word refuge means dwelling place. The eternal God is where you live. God's presence is where you live. God's peace is where you reside. Living in God's plan for you, following God's plan for your life, if that is where you put yourself, is that, if that is where you strive to be every day, his everlasting arms uphold you and strengthen you. What, that, what those everlasting arms, that word means, the forever arms of God, the continuous arms of God, the never failing arms of God are there. If you will trust him, what are you trusting to right now? Are you panicking because you, you don't wanna go out and, and get this because there's no cure? Or are you rationally saying, God, I know you have a plan for my life. People have said, well, aren't you afraid of getting the virus? I'm 57 years old. I have uh, two or three more pounds on my body than I need to. <sighs> no, I'm not. That's not being cocky. It's not being arrogant. It's just telling you this. If God wants me to get this virus, then I'll get this virus. That's his plan. God is in control. And by the way, and I'm not going to please understand me. This is so, it's so tough to walk this line today. If God chooses to take my life through the coronavirus, then I go to heaven. Amen. <laughs> Threaten me with heaven. Folks, the eternal, forever, everlasting God is our refuge. So if, if, if something happens, God is still God. And I go to be with my Savior for eternity. God has a plan. James, th uh, James chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. Is anyone sick among you? He should call for the elders of the church and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of the faith will save the sick person and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he'll be forgiven. How many times have we gone to prayer over this and said, God, protect my family, protect my church. God, get rid of this, take care of it. 
Wipe it out. In other words, have you gone to prayer rather than going to fear? Have you leaned on your faith rather than leaning on fear? Number nine is while COVID-19 causes panic, Jesus offers peace. You're going to hear that word a lot through this message. While COVID-19 offers panic, Jesus offers peace. I, I posted something on Facebook. Uh, my, uh, I went with Gabriel and Michael over to Big Y the other night, and it was crazy. It was, it was, it was crazy busy, and we were just looking for hot dogs because we needed something for dinner. So we're, we're supposed to close on our house, we're supposed to get a clear to close on Tuesday, and we're supposed to close on Friday. And, uh, and, and uh, so we're, we're not stocking up because the more you stock up, the more you have to move, right? So we went over and we, we got some stuff and I just wanted to see it for myself. So I walked over to the toilet paper aisle and yeah, completely empty. But as I was doing that, I walked by the health food section and it completely stopped. <laughs> like, dude. <laughs> I, I thought, that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, by the way, I didn't stop in the health food section. I went, I went over and got some, uh, some uh, what are those? Um, no, I didn't get double stuff, but I got the frosted sugar cookies and, uh, and whoopie pies. So, so they were, they're, chocolate, is a, chocolate is a vegetable. Chocolate is a vegetable. But while COVID-19 causes panic, Jesus offers peace. 2 Timothy 1, verses 6 and 7. Therefore, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of sound judgment. Everybody's been, been reading verse 7 over this, this last week. But verse 6 sets verse 7 up where Paul reminds Timothy, I want to remind you to rekindle the gift that has been given you. Rekindle your faith. Stand strong in your faith. Rely on your faith. Because God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind, sound judgment. I'm here to tell you folks, once again, not picking on anybody, not criticizing anybody, if you've got a basement full of toilet paper right now, that's not a sound judgment. <laughs> Seriously. We've got to, as, as believers, we've got to get our heads in the word of God and thinking the way Jesus wants us to and seeing things the way he wants us to right now. Many Christians right now are acting as if God doesn't exist. That we have to look to humanity to solve this crisis. That's never a good strategy. Yes, there are, we, there are people working on it, and you, there are some great, great ways of... I, I don't have a problem with my sons having two weeks off of school. Um, we have a good time. We'll probably pick up dragon hunting on the golf course again, uh, play a lot of baseball. Uh, they're going to help us move. They're two strong, young, strapping boys, and they're going to be carrying boxes. Right? But I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with them having two weeks off. I'm not going to let this ruin my life. And I'm not going to let this destroy my faith. God has a plan. God is in control. Number eight, 
is this. Where COVID-19 shatters vision, Jesus will pick up your pieces. I had <laughs> one other friend, uh, they had, they had uh, plans to go to Disney World in eight days, and Disney World shut down. Now their vacation is, is on hold. And so many, and that's, that's just a lighthearted one, but so many other people, people Cliff, has been, Cliff has been dealing with phone calls all morning long. People panicking, how are we gonna get paid? How are we gonna get paid? Cliff is a union steward for the, one of the, bu the bus driving company in Springfield. How are we gonna get paid? People are panicking and people's futures are crashing down. And that's what we don't need to minimize. That's what, that's what I'm talking about. We don't minimize the facts of what's going on. But if we as believers feed into it by not standing in faith, then we're not giving anybody an alternative. We're not being salt and light in the midst of darkness. That's what we need to be right now. Where this virus is shattering vision we need to be there to know that Jesus will pick up the pieces. Eventually, life is going to go on. Eventually, life is going to go on. And I'm just waiting because you know what's going to happen. Everybody's going to be looking back and criticizing everybody else. And everybody's going to look back with regret on what they... How will you cope? Will you be able to say, thank you, God, for bringing me through? Or will you have to say, I wish I would have trusted God more? Jeremiah 29, verse 11, verse we hear all the time now. For I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your well-being, not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. God has a plan. And that plan does not include disaster in your life. That plan does not include you being left out in the cold. That plan includes his plan for your life, a future and a hope. And after all of that, eternity. Psalm 37, verse 1, be gracious to me, O God, be gracious to me, for I take refuge in you. I will seek refuge in the shadow of your wings until danger passes. David knew what he was talking about. David was a hunted man. His life was on the line literally every time he went out in the daylight. There was somebody hunting him down until he became king. Yet David said, in the midst of this calamity, old, old King James, that the word there is, the, in the midst of this calamity, I will rest in the shadow of your wings. Because that's where my peace, that's where my safety is. Christian, are you resting in the shadow of his wings right now? Those of you watching on Facebook, are you trusting in God right now, resting in the shadow of his wings, knowing that he is in control? And if you do go through the dark valley, he will see you through. Number seven, COVID-19 will challenge your patience. Jesus offers you endurance. COVID-19, it's going to challenge your patience. It already has, right? Like I said, we've already seen violence break out. We're seeing people attack each other, people questioning decisions, people jumping all over each other. We need to be that calm. As believers in Jesus Christ, we need to be the calm in the midst of the storm, just like Jesus was for the disciples. It's going to challenge your patience. 
Those of you who have kids that are going to be home, they're going to get on your nerves. There's no doubt about it. Some of you who aren't usually together during the day that may not be going to work, um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to challenge you. Uh, I, I, I've seen several of my friends uh, write, they don't know what to do right now because there's no sports to watch. Uh, there's, I don't know, there's always a book. <laughs> and I, I feel that because I, I love sports too. But there's, we're, we're going we're gonna to get through it. It's going to challenge, it's going to challenge your patience. But Jesus is offering you the ability to endure and to get through it without losing your patience, without losing your cool, without going through a divorce, right? He's saying, we'll get through this. Romans, 5, uh, Romans 15 verse 4 says, for whatever is written in the past was written for our instruction so that we may have hope through endurance and through encouragement from the scriptures. It comes back to that again. We have that hope, and we have the endurance that is taught to us in the Word of God. Get into the Word, folks. Get into the Word. Husbands and wives, pull out one of those books about relationships or faith or something. Aaron and I are reading uh, the book uh, Bait of Satan together. Use this time to come closer together as a couple. Use this time to become stronger in your faith as a couple. Use this time to sit down with your kids and, and talk to, to them about Jesus. Because quite honestly, kids are being taught fear right now as well. They're seeing the way you respond. The world is seeing how the church is responding. Your children are seeing how you respond to this. And if you panic and you, you, you don't lean on your faith, guess what mo you're modeling for them, for the future? Like I said, this is the time, these are the times that our faith was made for. It's times where we need to lean on what God has blessed us with. Isaiah 40, verse 31. How many of you have, have, have a, you may have a bumper sticker, you've had a, a sticker, you've had something in your life, in your home, whatever, or you've quoted it? The Isaiah 40, 31, those who wait on the, wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, they'll rise up with wings as eagles. Right? That verse is for this time. That verse is for this time. You see, we quote those verses and we sing the chorus to that song when times are good. But that verse, those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They'll rise up with wings on e as eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. That was written for times like these when your patience is going to be challenged, when your faith is going to be put to the test, will you endure? And will you allow God to rise you above the storm so that you can see clearly that he has a plan? The sixth reason, COVID-19 is filled with lies and fear, but Jesus is the truth. COVID-19 is filled with lies and fear. But Jesus is the truth. I don't know about you, but I've heard people, I've, I've watched people on TV have conversations about this, and experts on things are giving their opinion, which seems like a very valid medical opinion, medical fact, and the reporter will say to them, but, 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 
but, but, but, like, no, you either, <laughs> you, you wanted their opinion, they gave it to you, don't try to argue about it. All you're doing is propagating lies and fear. And I, I did see somebody say, I saw, I watched videos online that show where this came from. I, well, if it's, on the, if it's on the internet, it must be true, right? Come on, folks. This is all filled with lies and fear, but Jesus is the truth. Psalm 43, verse 5, Why, my soul, are you so dejected? Why are you in such turmoil? Put your hope in God, for I will still praise him, my Savior and my God. <laughs> Can I say this to you, folks? God is begging you to trust him. God is begging you to put your hope in him and not let this get you irrational and out of control and lose your faith. He's saying, please, please put your trust in me. I've got a way through this. I've got a plan. I know the end from the beginning. Would you please trust me? Psalm 34, verse 4, I sought the Lord, and he answered me and rescued me from all my fears. Notice it doesn't say, and rescued me from my trouble, rescued me from my situation, rescued me from the virus, rescued me from this, rescued me from that. It res he rescued me from my fears. There's a great song from back in the 90s, sometimes he calms the storm, and other times he calms his child. Sometimes he calms the storm in your life, and other times, in the midst of the storm, he calms you. Either way, he's bringing calm and peace to your life. John 8, 32, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Not the truth about what's going on out there, the truth about Jesus, the truth about the fact that he has you. Number five, COVID-19 is causing the blame game. Jesus loves you anyway. It's causing a blame game. Everybody wants, there, there, are, some, there, there are some people that were, are gonna blame certain people no matter what, no matter what. It's causing the blame game. You know, Jesus could do that to you, right? You're the one that was in sin. You're the one that continually struggles in your life. We're the ones that exercise lack of faith. But in spite of our, all our failings, he loves us anyway. Why do I say this? Because no matter what's going on out there, no matter what's going on, no matter who says what, no matter who says what to anybody, no matter what people say about you for coming to church or living your life, or no matter what anybody says about your church staying open, we need to love people anyway. No matter what goes on, wh whether they find out whatever about this that they find out, we need to make sure that we love people anyway, just like Jesus loves us anyway. 1 John 4, 18 through 19 says, There is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. We love because he first loved us. Perfect love drives out fear. 
We don't fear if we have our faith in him. Number four, COVID-19 causes social distancing and division. Jesus says that you belong. COVID-19, and, and there are, there are, there's good parts about that, don't get me wrong. COVID-19 is causing social distancing and it's causing division, it's causing anger and it's causing people, you knew it was gonna get politicized eventually, right? Like after the first 10 minutes. But Jesus says, hey, you belong. You belong in my family. You belong to me. Joshua 1.9 says, Haven't I commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Whatever you have to go through, whatever comes in life, I am with you. Are you living your life right now? Are you responding to this crisis in life right now as if God is walking alongside you? But I've got children. Okay. Remember who gave you those kids. Remember who brought them into your life. Remember who is in control. He's pleading with you to trust him. Number three... COVID-19 causes chaos. Jesus offers you an anchor. It's causing chaos. Truly is. But Jesus says, hey, listen, I'm your anchor. I'm your steady force. I'm your steady influence in your life. You don't have to be blown around. You don't have to be tossed around. You don't have to give in to fear because I am here and I'm in control. No matter what happens, I will still keep you centered. If you have to walk through that dark valley, I will go with you. I will be your anchor if you let me. If you will lean on me, if you will trust in me, if you will rely on me, if you'll seek wisdom. Listen. If you start to feel that panic rise in you, if you start to feel that hopelessness, how many of you have felt hopeless for humanity this past week? My goodness. I'm like, people, and I'm, I'm not talking about white, humanity being wiped out. I'm like, are, you, are people really responding this way? Jesus says, if you'll trust me, I'll take all that. When you get to that point where you just can't take it, I will be your strength, I will be your shield, I will be your buckler, I will be your strong tower. Hebrews 6, 19 says, we have this hope as an anchor for the, for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. We have, listen, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, you have the hope of Jesus living inside you. He is your hope. He is your peace. He is your anchor. You just have to trust him to be that. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Boy, the darkest time in my life that I went through, I had this, this passage posted on my computer and on my refrigerator. Isaiah, because I read it every day, several times a day, reminding myself about who God is and what he wanted for me in my life. And Isaiah 41, 10, it says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. 
I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. I will hold on to you. I will not let you go. I will not let you go. I've got you. You don't have to be afraid. I remember my dad using this illustration all the time uh, when he used to preach. And he'd talk about when we were little kids. And he'd say, when we were going across the street or when we were going somewhere, my dad would reach down. I remember, Susan, you remember. My dad reaching down and grabbing my hand. You shake my 85-year, almost 86-year-old father's hand right now, and you're going to know you're shaking a man's hand. My dad still has a grip on him, and he still shakes a hand like a man shakes a hand. And when he would grab my little hand as a kid, I knew my dad had a hold of me. And I didn't have a fear crossing the street because my dad, the biggest, strongest man I knew in my life at that time, had a hold on me. And I wasn't going anywhere. And I was going to get from where I was to where I needed to be in safety because my dad was holding my hand. And even if I wanted to let go, you've experienced that, parents, right? No, 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 no. Children always respond well to the parent grabbing their hand and leading them along. They never try to reel out. Right? Even if I tried to let go of my dad's hand, his grip was stronger than mine. And there was no way, no way my dad was going to let me go. He was going to get me to safety. If my, if my earthly father cared that much about me, remember, he, he had to raise me. <laughs> He had to deal with me all the time. If my earthly father cared that much about me and my safety and was so concerned that he would never let me go, how much more does my heavenly father have a grip on me? And he will not let me go. Oh, but Pastor John, Pastor John, you don't know this virus. It's it, it, hundreds of thousands, millions of people. Oh, God is in control, folks. We're not minimizing anything. What we're trying to say is put your faith in God instead of fear. Put your faith in God because he's got you. He's got you. If you've accepted him as your personal savior, we'll talk about that in a minute, how to do that. If you've accepted him as your savior, he's got you. John 10, 28 through 30. He says, if you've accepted me as your savior, you are in my hand and I am in the father's hands and nobody can take you out. Not even yourself. Understand, Christian, he's got you. <laughs> Number two, COVID-19 causes stress, but Jesus is your source of joy. This week, I'll, I'll confess, I've, I've been, I, I have had those, those feelings well up in me. Not, not fear of, of, uh, of this, uh, the stress of, of the response and how all of this, one of the things that we're, we were concerned about and we asked, we're like, <laughs> we're supposed to close on a house this week. Is that, gonna, is that gonna stop this? Oh, well, that's just selfish. No, it's really not. <laughs> life, life goes on, man. Life still goes on. Um, but in one way or the other, I think we've all experienced some extra stress in our life. This has been one of the craziest weeks of my life, watching what's going on. But Jesus 
is my source of joy. We, uh, <clears throat> the boys go out with me uh, on, in mornings, most of the mornings, we go out and we walk on a golf course with our dogs and uh, we, we, they, they run around and they have fun. And, and uh, Michael asked me this morning when we we're out on the golf course, he says, Dad, can you play some music? Like, yeah, I'll play some music. And what he wants me to play is Toby Max, Lose My Soul. I don't want to gain the whole world and lose my soul. Man, I'll tell you what, and, and we've downloaded uh, some other songs, uh, and this week I've just listened to that, some of those songs over and over and over again through this time of, of, uh, of buying a house over and over again listening to music because I know that God is my source of joy. And going to him in worship, listening to good godly music is a source of, of, of rekindling my joy. And through this difficult time, you have a choice of either trusting in fear or trusting in Jesus to give you joy. In the midst of stress, when, when you're stressed out, when you're wondering how, and listen, I do not minimize the effects of this, folks. I know some of you are looking at a few weeks maybe without work. Some of you watching on Facebook. I have family whose jobs are shut down for a few weeks. That's, that's crazy. Here at New Life, um, we, we live, we, we exist on the free will offerings of people. Uh, I, I hope that you continue to give because God still blesses those of you watching on Facebook. Continue to give online. I, I hope that you do that because we want a church to come back to when this is all over. But I know that there's fear out there. And I know that there's stress of what are we going to do. Lean on Jesus. Lean on Jesus in the midst of your stress because he is your source of joy. It may mean having to, having to cut back on some things. I, I, it was a big deal last night when the casino said they're going to shut down at midnight tonight, right? Oh, you're going to have to find something else. Now you're going to have that extra money you needed, right? Find something to do. Find something to do with your time. Use it, use it as a time to, hey, how about using this as a time to get into the Word a little bit deeper? Digging into the Bible, spending some time in prayer, reconnecting or connecting on a deeper level with your faith because he's your source of joy. Using this time to strengthen your family's faith. Hey, kids, we can trust Jesus. He's going to get us through this. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. We're going to be fine. He is our source of joy. And I think the number one thing Number one reason why we should choose Jesus, hope in Jesus over fear of COVID-19 is this. COVID-19 is temporary. Jesus is eternal. This will go away. We will get past this. And we'll get on the other side and life will begin again. The Dodgers will take the field. The Red Sox will be on the field. The summertime, we're going to be able to watch. The Twins are going to be on the field. Got a good team, too, man. Might be a rematch of 1966, Twins-Dodgers World Series. Mookie will show up in Dodger blue. <laughs> right? Just had to say that. So we'll get past this because 
The trials of this life are temporary. But Jesus is better because he's eternal. He's eternal. 1 Corinthians 14, uh, 15, verse 19. If we have put our hope in Christ for this life only, we should be pitied more than anyone. If this is the only time that you will put your hope in Jesus Christ, you are one to be pitied. If this, if this life, if, the, if this life, if you don't worry about eternity, if you don't put your faith in Jesus for eternity. Jeremiah 17, verse 14. Heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved, for you are my praise. God, you are my source of healing. God, you're my source of strength. God, you're my source, my source of life, my source of grace, my source of love, my source of reaction. How about that? How about that? How about I, God is my source of reaction, not just in my home, but to other people. Unfortunately, we've had some negative blowback towards our church over there, not just us, but other, other churches. And I made sure that I talked to people that, uh, because on our Facebook feed, you can make live comments on, on the, the sermon, and we encouraged that. And I said, guys, and men and women who are responding, make sure that if we have a negative comment, we respond with grace and love. Make sure we show people that we're going to be like Jesus. When he was, when he was as the old, old King James says, when he was reviled, he did not revile back. When he was insulted, he didn't trade insult for insult. He showed love. Because this is going to end at some point. And people will have questions. People will have, uh, people will want to know. And we need to be able to say, listen, the way I got through this was leaning on my faith. And we've talked a lot about our faith. And what am I talking about with that? Listen, here at New Life, we believe that the word of God is the word of God, 100% cover to cover. And we believe that the Bible teaches us very clearly that there is a problem that humanity has, and that problem is sin. And the sin that we have committed in our lives, the sins that we were born with, separate us from God because sin cannot exist in the presence of a holy God. And we believe that the Bible, played, that God placed a judgment on sin, and that sin was death, and not just death physically, but eternal death in a place called hell. And we believe that the Bible says if you die in a state of sin, and I'll explain that in a second, that you will spend eternity in hell. So life boils down to a choice of two places, heaven or hell. Will you choose to spend eternity in heaven or will you choose to spend eternity in hell? People say, well, why would a loving God send people to hell? He doesn't. You choose to go there by rejecting Jesus Christ. What do I mean? Well, we're all sinners and our sin has separated us from God, as I've said. But the Bible says God wanted to give us, wanted, wanted to, to make a way out of the punishment and penalty for sin for all humanity. Well, the only way to, to, to satisfy the judgment of, of a holy God was for innocent blood to be shed. And the only innocent blood that could cover the sins of all humanity was the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what Easter is all about. So God, the Bible says that God the Father in John three sixteen, 
God sent his son Jesus to the world. For God loved the world so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. We're all sinners. Our sin separates us from God. There's no way that we could get ourselves back because if we died for our own sins, we would never be able to enjoy the freedom that that death brings because we'd be dead. But Jesus, the perfect spotless lamb of God, came down to earth, lived among us for 33 years, was wrongfully convicted, was nailed to a cross, and died. Yesterday morning, we had our men's breakfast, and Mike uh, Safford gave the devotion. And he said something, man, it just stuck with me. It, it grabbed me. He said, at a time, at the biggest time in history, where forgiveness was not needed, forgiveness was given. You understand that? Jesus had no need to forgive, and he had done nothing wrong. Even with those people, they didn't deserve, because of the way they treated him on the cross, they didn't deserve his forgiveness, but he gave it. And that same forgiveness that he gave to those when he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing, that same price that was paid, that same forgiveness is offered to us. The Bible says God demonstrated his love to us in that while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. He died to pay the price for your sins. Why can I stand here in hope today, knowing that there is hope for a future, knowing that God is bigger than the COVID virus, knowing that God is bigger than the panic, knowing that God is bigger than the struggles that people are going through, knowing that God is bigger than the chaos, because I have accepted Jesus Christ as my savior. I realized that I was a sinner, that there was nothing I could do about it. But Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And he provided a way of escape for me to get out of eternity in hell. That same, the Bible says that it's the gift of God. The gift of God is eternal life. For by grace you are saved through faith, and it's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You can't work for it. You can't be good enough for it. He's given us and offered to us the gift of eternal life. I use the illustration all the time about Christmas. Somebody goes out and they buy you a gift and they intend it for you and it's, they buy it specifically for you. They wrap it and they put a bow on it and they put it uh, under the tree and they put your name on it. And that gift is intended for you. It's been bought for you. It's been paid for by you. It's supposed to be for you. It's all yours. Not yet. <laughs> that gift that is intended for you never becomes yours until you take possession of it. And that's what the Bible says about the gift of eternal life. Jesus Christ paid the price for your sins. Your sins are paid for. But you must receive the gift of eternal life. How do you do that? The Bible says, for you, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10, 13, for whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's very simple, folks. You, you're the sinner. If you're watching us on Facebook, you're the sinner. People get hung up on that all the time. It doesn't mean you're a terrible person. It doesn't mean that you've, uh, you know, you're a, a, a Ted Bundy mass murderer. It simply means that you have done something wrong in your life that separates you from God. But the Bible says, 
Jesus, in his infinite love, came down and died on the cross to pay the price for your sins. That price is paid. That gift is offered. And what you have to do is humble yourself and admit, I am a sinner. And I am a person in need. And I can't get myself to heaven. I can't get myself right with God. Jesus died to pay the price for my sins. And I must accept his gift of eternal life. The Bible says, if you will humble yourself and pray and say, God, I'm a sinner. I know that you died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. I ask you to come into my heart, save me, and be my savior. A simple prayer like that, the Bible says, will give you eternal life. John 10, 28 through 30 comes into play. I give them eternal life. They'll never perish. No one will ever take them out of my hands. Maybe you're here this morning with us in the auditorium. Maybe you're watching us on Facebook. Maybe you will be watching us on Facebook. And you don't have that eternal hope. And everything I've talked about is foreign to you because you don't understand a relationship with Jesus Christ. You've trusted in religion all your life. You've trusted in family history all your life. It's not enough. Jesus said, I died to pay the price for your sins. You just have to accept it. You just have to receive it. You have got to say, I need you to be my savior. Folks, listen. Everybody's telling us it's going to get worse before it gets better. I don't know the future. I don't know what's coming down the road. I don't know where this is going to go. But I do know this. God is in control. He wants to be my anchor. He wants to be my peace. He wants to be my joy. He wants to be my comfort. He doesn't want me to panic. He doesn't want me to live in fear. He wants me to rise above it. And he wants me to minister to people out there who need the love of Jesus Christ right now because they're scared out of their minds. Let's be the church. Let's be love. Let's be grace. Let's be hope. Because you're the only Jesus some people will ever see. Would you bow your heads with me in prayer? While every head is bowed, every eye is closed. No one looking around. Maybe on Facebook and you're listening to us. I'd, I just want to ask this question. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Maybe it's what you heard this morning is something that you've never heard before. You've heard and you've, it's never really made sense and now it, it finally does. Just want to give you the opportunity to, to acknowledge that. Nobody's looking around. It's just you, me, and God. I wonder if you'd raise your hand and say, Pastor John, you were talking about me there, and I'm a person. I've never accepted Christ as my Savior. And I want you to know that. I want you to pray, pray with me. Is there anybody? Maybe on Facebook, uh, as you're watching this in our live stream, you'd say, Pastor John, that's me. I've never asked Jesus Christ into my heart. And one of the reasons I live in fear right now and I've got somewhat uncertainty in my life is because I've never accepted Christ as my Savior. Listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to word a prayer here. And it's not about repeating the words that I say. It's about believing in, in your heart and trusting in your heart that what you are about to pray to God will give you the, the gift of eternal life. If you just, if, if you're on Facebook, even here, if you didn't raise your hand, just repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. 
I know that there's nothing that I can do to get myself to heaven. I know that you died on the cross to pay for my sins. I accept your gift of eternal life and invite you into my heart right now. Save me. In Jesus' name, amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed still. If you prayed that prayer and you're in the auditorium, please come and see me, talk to me afterwards. That'd be awesome. On Facebook, you don't have to put it there on the live feed if you don't want to. You can if you want. But if you contact us, send us a, a message, contact us and let us know that you prayed that prayer. We'd love to connect with you and talk with you and, and encourage you to begin that walk with Jesus Christ. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here today. Lord, especially today, a time when we need you most. Lord, I pray that we'll not take people's fears lightly, that we will uh, dig into you, face our own fears, and be salt and light in this world right now. Provide comfort and hope for people. We don't have the solutions to the problems, but we have the answers to their questions. And I pray that we will be the church. God, would you speak to our hearts as, as we have this, these couple weeks coming up of, of unknown. May we lean on you for the answers. Bless us as we go. Protect us, God. I pray that you'll keep your children and your church safe. For those who are struggling with this virus right now, battling with it, pray that you give them healing. Would you give our, our country the peace that can only come from you? May we as the church in America stand up and be Jesus to this land. It's in your name we pray.